We're so excited to share this teaching message with you from Sikamot Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. We believe God knows you and loves you, and through His Word, He expresses His plans and purposes for your life. We hope that you open up your heart and really sense God speak to you through this message from our pastor, Tolulokwe Mudi. Let's get right into the service and be blessed by this message. Thank you that we can be confident, that we can be believing, we can be worshiping, lifting up praise. And Lord God, thank you for these moments. Thank you for what you're doing in us. And thank you, Lord, for every brother and sister in church this morning. And just that incredible privilege that we have to just be coming to you and having you refresh our hearts and refresh our expectations. And Lord, thank you. And just have a free cost, God, in the remaining moments we have in this service. And just glorify Jesus. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, team. Can you help me thank the team? They've done such a great job. Um, good to have everybody in church this morning. Again, if you're new or visiting with us, big welcome. Um, we're so glad to have you this, with us this morning. And of course, if you get to call Sikama Church home, um, welcome again um, on a Sunday morning. Um, it's really good to have you. Why don't you just lean over to somebody by your left or right and tell them how good it is to have them in church. Tell somebody you're welcome. It's, it's been great worshiping with you this morning. Thank you for being a loud voice in worship. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to share something with you this morning that I hope is going to encourage you um, in the times in which we live and, you know, hopefully strengthen you. We were supposed to have week four of talking to the talkers today. Um, what the Bible says about singleness and marriage, but I've had to put that off by God's grace for a week. Um, we'll come back to that, but I just thought that it'd be good for us to just get to worship, pray today, and, you know, just share something with you that I hope would encourage you. Um, like I said, I came to church today, like, just really needing these moments, and thank you, team. Thank you, everybody, because, you know, it's, it's just a refreshing. So let's just pray for God to speak to us, and then we'll all be seated in this moment. Father, thank you that you have brought us together. And I just pray, oh Lord God, that you would really just breathe on these moments and speak to us in a way that is so simple that we would understand, but so profound that it will make a mark in our lives forever. We really need you, God, at a time like this. We really, really need you. Um, be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated this morning. And um, I'm going to speak to you out of one of our favorite scriptures if you get if you come around sycamore um all right now i can see you guys the house lights are on that's a lot better I'm, I'm going to speak to you out of you know maybe our favorite scripture in sycamore church um for for just a few moments this morning um fantastic luke and chapter 19 is where i'm going to be this morning and let me just read it um i'll call for you at some point jesus entered and passed through jericho Verse 2 says, now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. 
Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I gave half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Then Jesus said, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. All right, I want to just speak to you for a few moments this morning on what I'll call when there's a lie in the crowd. When, when there's a lie in the crowd, when the crowd tells you a lie, when, when the crowd is a liar, when there's a lie in the crowd. Um, I don't know if you ever came across this Chinese whisper thing. I don't know if you ever did it where, you know, you tell somebody something on one end and then say to the next person, to the next person, to the next person, and on and on that way. And, you know, almost inevitably, by the time you just go down the line and try to hear what you said at the beginning, um, distorted, uh, you know, distorted many times in very disturbing ways. Because you just said something very ordinary here, and by the time you get to the end, you are hearing people cursing your parents. You know, just distorting, you know, as it just goes, and it's like the crowd effect. Um, that it just, the further it goes, it's like it just becomes more and more mumbled up and distorted. And, you know, you're just struggling to figure it out. And, you know, so I was thinking about the many things that happened, you know, in our country over the last week and maybe couple of weeks. Um, I've just particularly been hit by the scarcity of truth, um, like falsehood, like lies, you know, whether on social media, whether on news, you know, whether officials, you know, just lies, falsehood. Um, sometimes you're hearing something and you're like, or you're reading something and you're like, you, you sat down to think of this lie, like how did somebody, like this is wickedness, this is evil, how did you sit down to just think of that kind of lie? I mean, even the devil will be jealous when he hears the quality of lies that people have told. And you know, it gets even worse when it's like in a crowd because the first person says it then, you know, as it gets crowded and as the crowd starts to tell the lie, and it just gets even worse. I was thinking, what's, what's the biggest lie that a crowd has made you believe, you know? That effect of people, what's the biggest lie a crowd has made you believe? Um, there was this national thing that happened in 2002 when um, there were some explosions that were heard around the Kedja and you probably know about it and how, you know, some bombs, stuff, and all of that. But it was really nothing harmful in that sense because people were actually safe in their homes. But people heard the vibrations and then began to run out, you know, just out of panic and fear. And, and there was this, like, crowd forming and running. And so people just began to run with the crowd, you know, running with the crowd. And eventually thousands of people ran into a canal that had been overgrown with weeds. And I think over 2,000 people died by running into the canal. And they were really not unsafe in their homes, but it was just the crowd effect and running in that direction because we heard a sound and we run. And, you know, it's just how the crowd can make you believe a lie. Um, and just as I was thinking about all of that and this scripture, um, what the crowd is doing with Zacchaeus in our story um, is that, you know, Zacchaeus is hearing that there's Jesus around and so Jesus is around. Jesus is around. But Zacchaeus is dealing with this thing of a crowd separating him from Jesus. Um, just stay with me this morning. I'll show you something that I hope would really help and encourage you. Because Zacchaeus is dealing with this thing of a crowd separating me from Jesus. A crowd, like I, I kind of feel Jesus is here. I know Jesus is here. And so I'm trying to see Jesus. But what does it feel like to just be blocked out by the crowd? To, to kind of know or think 
that he's there. Um, I heard he's there. I'm trying to see him, but I really can't see him. I'm trying to touch him. I'm trying to experience him, but I can't. Why? Because of the crowd. You know, Zacchaeus is trying to look through, but he can't see. He's trying to look above, he can't see. He's trying to, and, and it's like people are talking about Jesus, but, but I can't see him. And what does it feel like when you are this close to, to something and, and then suddenly it's like it's not there? What does it feel like to have heard that Jesus is around and so you went to where Jesus is, but it's like you can't see Jesus? What does it feel like to have heard a sound of hope and to feel like we're reaching out for hope and then suddenly it's like, no, you are hopeless. What does it feel like to have a dream and it's like I'm trying to come close to a dream but a crowd effect just makes you feel like, no, not you. What does it feel like to be separated from a reality of what you expect because of a crowd effect? What does it feel like to have a plan that you thought, you know, you sat down and when you were writing out the plan, it was like, yes, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. But as life just got crowded, as life, whether just the crowds of pressures, the crowds of tasks and what to meet up with, but just this thing of how life can just crowd you. And then suddenly you feel, you, you, you feel like near but far. You, you feel like Jesus is somewhere here. I'm hearing all the noise. But, but you, you, it's like I'll get home and they'll ask me, um, Jesus was there, were you there? And I'm like, yes. What color shirt was he wearing? I didn't see. What does it feel to be, to be? Like I'd rather know, Jesus is coming to Jericho. I'd rather know, let me be in Bethany. Let me be in, 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 in Niger State. And I wasn't there. What does it feel like to, to, to be saying you were there? But you just never experienced it. You just couldn't reach it. You just couldn't touch it. And it's at that point that the voice on the inside of us, that voice in our mind would start to tell us that, you know, it's just an illusion. It was just your mind. You know, who, who actually told you he was there? Um, how do you know he was there? You know, it, it's at that point the voice in your mind would start to sit and tell you it's an illusion. And, and this for me is like kind of what I've seen our nation walk through in many ways over the last several days. That as a nation, I saw a whole lot of young people and maybe everybody just get this sense of like hope. Like we're together in something. Like, like hope. Like expectation. And then on the other side of a famous 10-minute speech, it was like hopeless. Like we're not there. You know, like, like, like a vibe. And then on the other side, it's just like like, like, like you feel like you were in touching distance. And then in a moment, it's like, you know, we're just so far away from it. What does it feel like when we just get crowded out? Crowded out. Plans get crowded out. Vision gets crowded out. And when I say crowds, not just crowds of people, but, but crowds of life, crowds of everything. We are all in a race where it's like things are just always crowding us out, making us feel far away from what we think we are near to. It's crowded out. I was thinking about this crowded out thing. I think it's like when in your primary school, you are the most brilliant student. You are, they would always tell you that you're like the most brilliant student we have ever had in the history of this school and all of that. And then you just got to secondary school feeling like you are crowded out, you know, crowded out. Dreams get crowded out, you know, crowds of needs, crowds of activities, your career ambitions get crowded out. You know, uh, crowded out by a wicked system, by, you know, things just get crowded out. Frustration, activities. 
But here's what I would say to you, friends. We cannot afford to do life just in the crowd. Otherwise, we'll just be crowded away. We can't afford it. We'll just be crowded out and crowded away. You'll get old before you even realize that you haven't lived your life. You just lose everything. If we, if we just live in the crowd, we'll lose our opportunities, we'll live our moments, we'll lose our dreams, we'll lose vision, we will lose everything in the crowd. Right before our eyes, there's this scripture in Hosea that I think is just so profound and, you know, just does it for me. Hosea chapter 7 and verse 8. It says, Ephraim has mixed himself among the peoples. It's like Ephraim is lost in the crowd. Just look at this. He's like crowded. And then it says, Ephraim is a cake unturned. He, he has this unbalanced life. It's like one side, you know, like you're frying plantain. And then, you know, one side is, is fried. Then you have to turn it and you don't turn it. And that side becomes black. And the other side is still yellow. Do you know that, that picture? The Bible says Ephraim is a cake unturned. Like his life is not balanced. There isn't a, look at this. It says aliens have, dis, have devoured his strength, but he does not know it. All these strange things, aliens, pressures, challenges, all of that. They, they're taking his strength, but he does not know it. It was all just happening so fast. He didn't even realize it. It says, yes, gray hairs are here and there on him. Like the guy is getting old, yet he does not even know it. Everything is just happening too fast for him to realize. As I saw that scripture, I thought like this is a picture of what it means to be living in a crowd. And today what I just want to say, my simple thought, is that the crowd is a liar. And that we can believe and we can live beyond the crowd. The crowd says that you can't reach. The crowd says that you can't touch. The crowd says that you can't have it. The crowd says it's just away from you. The crowd will tell you that it's beyond you. But today I'm just saying that the crowd is a liar. Because the crowd will start to put that lie on your mind and you start to think maybe it's all an illusion. Maybe Jesus isn't even actually there. Here's what I'll tell you, Zacchaeus. Jesus is in there. And Jesus is for you. He's not against you. <laughs> Jesus is reaching out for you. He's not far away from you, Zacchaeus. Jesus is not unable. Jesus is not weak. In fact, Zacchaeus, what I would want you to know is that Jesus didn't come close just to give you a sense of himself. He came close so that you can have an experience of him. Jesus knew your height. He knew how short you are. He knew, he knew what you couldn't do. He knew what you couldn't reach and he set it all up. And as he came, he didn't come all the way from glory and lay down his glory and all of that so that he can come within a smelling distance but you won't see him. I'll tell you the truth, Zacchaeus. Even as Jesus started to walk down that road, he already knew where the tree was. He already knew when he planted that tree. He already knew when he was orchestrating this moment. He knew the vibe he put on your heart and it's like, look at that tree. He knew what he was sparking in your heart and said, let's meet at that tree. And you ran and you climbed up. But listen, it was all a game plan. Jesus never came to be far away from you. Jesus doesn't want you to just live crowded out and live your life with this sense of near but far, near but far. Listen, if Jesus is bringing something to you, if Jesus is putting faith in your heart, if he's putting vision in your heart, it's because he wants to bring it to pass. He wants you to live in the realities of it. He wants you to live your life beyond the power of the crowd. He wants you to. And so, as we deal with all these crowds that make us doubt, you know, does God even have a plan for my life? Can God even do anything in this country? Can, is the dream lost? Have, have people that died, have they just died in vain? As we deal with crowds that make us doubt and cloud sometimes you know sometimes it's like a crowd sometimes it's like a cloud of hopelessness that is like it's just heavy over you um fear 
um, cluelessness and all of that. As we deal with it, here's what I want to say to us, church. And I just want to encourage you that Jesus, the reality of the crowd is that Jesus is in the mix. The reality of I'm dealing with a crowd is that Jesus is actually in there. Listen, they're all gathered around Jesus and I know your perspective looks difficult and all of But what I want you to know is that Jesus is actually in the mix. And I love the song we're singing now that his promise still stands. Those are powerful words to be, to be reminding ourselves of. And listen to me, let me say this to you. If you cannot hold the light, if you can't hold the light through the darkness that crowds you, then you are never really a son of the light. And if you can't hold your faith through all the fear that surrounds you, you are never really believing in your faith. If you can't hold hope in the midst of all the despair, then you never really anchored your soul in hope. And I'll say to you that if you can't hold peace through the tension, that you had never really experienced this peace. I love what Zacchaeus did. The Bible says Zacchaeus ran ahead of the crowd and he climbed into a sycamore tree. He, he climbed into a sycamore. I love the thought, don't you? That, that Zacchaeus is saying, yeah, here I am, just lost in the crowd and everything is crowding me out. Zacchaeus says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to run ahead of the crowd. I'm going to live beyond the crowd. And here's how I'm going to do it. I'll run ahead and I'll climb into a sycamore. And, and here's that, that's my encouragement. I think that's what we're all experiencing again this morning. That as we live in a crowd of pressures and of hopelessness and of fear and of anxieties and of plans messed up and all of that surrounding you, I think the beauty is that we can run ahead of the crowd and we can climb into a sycamore. I think that's the privilege of our gathering again this morning, that we can run ahead of the crowd and we can climb into the power of this sort of an atmosphere that can be setting our hearts on Jesus, that can be setting our screws right that can be tuning our hearts towards Jesus I still believe in the power of a sycamore when you feel crowded out when you feel like life has just locked you in I still believe in the power of what God can do through a sycamore moment I still believe in the power of how we can encounter Jesus and you know something on our inside that felt crowded out receives fresh life and you may not know how things are going to happen you may not know when you may not know where you may not even know who is going to do it for you but you can know him whom you have believed and you can still remember that he is faithful and that he is able to fulfill his promise over your life. I still believe in the power of our worship to carry every one of us up. I love what, you know, I came up to start service this morning and honestly, I, I even came up with just all the emotions of, you know, what you're dealing with, the thoughts and, you know, all of that. But I love that we can gather. I love the power of worship and, you know, you on yourself, you know how you felt last night. You know how you just felt like I'm all alone and can I make this happen? But that's the beauty of gathering that as we come together, it's not just about a worship leader on the stage. No, I believe it's about the congregation of believers. I believe it's about an atmosphere. We all create a sycamore that becomes an experience that carries up the week because every one of us needs it. I still believe in the power of Christian community. I still believe in the power of Moses saying my hands are heavy. Exodus 17, my hands are weary and are tired and are dropping. But the Bible says that Aaron on one side is holding it up and her on the other side is holding his hand up. And the Bible says these words in Exodus 17, I believe verse 12, that the Bible says verse 12, that Moses, around 12, Moses' hands became steady till the going down of the sun. Yeah, 12 like I said. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. That he Look at the beginning of the verse, Moses' hands became heavy. Look at the end of the verse. And Moses' hands were steady. I love that. 
What happened in between? It's the power of Christian community. It's an Aaron. It's a her. And listen to me. It's not like Moses is the guy that is always tired. Aaron and her are the strongest. No. Aaron had his moments when I believe Aaron would be the one in the middle and Moses is holding up somewhere hurt. Her would have his moments in the middle and Moses would hold up an Aaron. We all carry one another. That's the power of a life group. That's the power of community. That's the power of being together. You would have your moments. I would have my moments. But there's just something beautiful about being able to carry ourselves up. I still believe in the power of everything that is a pointer towards Jesus. I still believe in the power of relationships, of conversations. Some of you know in church life how blessed you are to just, to just have people, to have voices, to have, you know, friendships, to have subgroups, to have teams that just point you towards Jesus. I, I still believe in the power of everything that points you towards Jesus. This is what Zacchaeus understood that, you know, my life is just going to be crowded out. Except I have the power of the sycamore that can be giving me a perspective and a revelation of Jesus. And as I thought about that, I personally, I'm just grateful for every, you know, relationship, for every voice, for every platform, for every, everything that speaks me, that points me towards Jesus. Friends, we all deal with crowds. And um, if we'll be honest, the crowding in our day and age is, is pretty unprecedented. Um, it's like there's just distractions, there's just pressures. It's almost like, like I, I, I just feel like life sometimes is almost like a jail warder. Warden, warder, whatever. That's like holding handcuffs. And it's almost like every next thing you want to do, we're just trying to lock you into like a crowd. So it's like you want to go to school because and then it's like as you just step in, it's like a lock. So it's just like you're crowded in that. And you just want to get out so you can get a job and fit. And it's like the job is just like, like a lock. It's almost like everything is just trying to swamp you into this rhythm of just live your life crowded out. And Ephraim is lost among the peoples and he's getting old without knowing it. We all deal with crowds. You know, pressures, bills, meals, what have you. Um, crowds, entanglements. Um, just that next, one next thing to pursue, one next target. One next acquisition, one next, you know, just all of that. But I just want to say and encourage you, we can live above the crowds. I want you to know it. You can live above the crowd. That This is what Zacchaeus seemed to realize in our, in our scripture. That he just seemed to realize that I, I don't have to, to just live locked in the crowd. I can live above the crowd. I can live above the crowd. I can get beyond the crowd. Zacchaeus was a little man, but he ran ahead. And I just want to say today that I still believe in the power of that run and of that climbing. Let me say four things as I close this morning that I hope the Holy Spirit will make real to you. Four things about living above the crowd. And then we would get to share communion together this morning and you know, just point ourselves to Jesus again. Um, we need it. Thank you, Jesus. First thing this morning about living above the crowd is, I just want to say, don't fight the crowd. Don't fight the crowd. I'll say to you this way, we are not called to fight the crowd. We are called to follow Jesus. The older you live, the older you live, right, you will realize that some things are what they are. Uh, at some point in your life, you will just need to be honest enough that some things are what they are. Um, some pressures are what they are. You know, I see, I see young people. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 34 very soon, so I'm qualified to say young people. You know, I, I see young people. You know, complaining about their school pressure. Uh, this. And I want to say, school would always have pressure. You know, 
somebody, somebody was, I was speaking to somebody the other time and he said, he, he, I think he was, he was studying medicine. And then maybe it was in like year two or three or something. And then he just came and was ranting that there's a lot of pressure. I said, wait, did you think before you started there will not be pressure? Do you understand what I'm saying? Some things are what they are. Working a job is some stress. It's some stretching. Do you understand? Some things are what they are. Stop living a narrative that is just trying to fight the crowd. Listen, we are called not to fight crowds. We are called to follow Jesus. Following Jesus is going to make you run ahead of crowds, but not to fight crowds. Stop trying to change the narrative of what life is and the setup of some things and blah, blah, blah. You're going to work hard. You're going to, you're going to put your hands to the plow. You're going to work hard. Do you understand? Don't fight crowds. Sometimes the crowds are just there. The more Zacchaeus is trying to see everybody move, move, move. I want to see Jesus move, move, move. Some crowds are what they are. The reason why there's a crowd there is because Jesus is there. And it's no use trying to fight it sometimes. Um, maybe your heart has been hurt. Maybe for you, as I speak about crowds, it's like crowds of everything around my heart. My trust has been broken. There's, there's fear. There's all of that. I'll tell you what. It's not about fighting the crowds of what they did to you, what they didn't do. It's about running ahead of the crowds. And, and I'll show you what I mean. The second thing I'll say to you this morning is how Zacchaeus seemed to realize the priority of seeing Jesus. That's my second point. The priority of seeing Jesus. Number one, don't fight the crowds. Number two, understand the priority of seeing Jesus. This just seems to be the life-defining secret that Zacchaeus comes to understand. That Zacchaeus understands that the only way I would deal with the crowds is if I'm seeing Jesus. I won't fight the crowds. Let the crowds be. If you're under pressure, it's what it is. If you are hurt, it's what it is. If you feel disappointed, it's what it is. Let the crowds be. The system is stressing you. It's what it is. What you really need, Zacchaeus will tell you, is you just need a perspective of Jesus. You need to see Jesus. Maybe you're here struggling, feeling like you're crowded out with an addiction, with a habit, with, you know, just all of that. What you really need is to be seeing Jesus. And Zacchaeus says, I'm going to make this my priority. So when you see Zacchaeus running and climbing, and at some point in Zacchaeus' life, he says, you know what, at this point, I'm no longer all about what people think or what they would say about me. I'm not even, I don't even care about who is snapping my picture. I don't care about trending for the wrong reasons. I don't even care about what they would say, who is laughing, who thinks I'm too big to be doing that kind of stuff. Zacchaeus says, what I need in this moment is to be seeing Jesus. I'll do whatever it takes to see Jesus. I'll run ahead of the crowd. I'll do whatever it takes to see Jesus. Zacchaeus would tell you this is the life defining secret otherwise we're going to grow old living in that crowd we need something more Zacchaeus says I will run I will climb I still believe in the power of a runner I still believe in the passion of a climber I still believe in the passion of somebody who says I need to be seeing Jesus I can't afford to go through a day without reading his word I can't afford to be far away from the gathering of his people I can't afford to go through a day without praying without seeking him without you know just leaning my heart to see I need to see if I'm not seeing him I'm going to be lost in this crowd that's what Zacchaeus says there's this scripture about how many times you feel crowded out but Psalm 25 verse 15 it says that my eyes are ever towards the Lord because he will pluck my feet out of the net you know this scripture has been so instructive for me for many years let me share it with you that my eyes are ever towards the Lord this is what happens to us so often that you feel like you're entangled you feel like my feet are in a net and you know the natural human thing to do is to be trying to sort out your feet and pull them out of the net. It's just logical. But, but listen to what the psalmist says. He says, 
my feet are in a net, but I don't put my eyes on the net. I put my eyes to the Lord. It is the Lord that will pluck my feet out of the net. This is what God said to the Israelites. He said, there are serpents biting you. And many times, this is the reality of our lives. There are serpents biting us. It's like a serpent of what they did, what they, what they said, what is happening around, blah, blah, blah. All of that. It's like serpents are biting you. God said, this is like crazy. God said, look up. Look to the serpent on the bronze stand. Look up. And he said, if you look, you would live. And, and this, is, this is crazy because I'm like, if snakes are coming, I want to be dodging the snakes. But he says, no, it's by looking that you will live. It's by seeing him. And that's a picture of Jesus upon the cross. And it's by seeing him that you will live. And I'll just say, Zacchaeus will tell you that, man, guys, I realized that I lived that life. I'd done all of that. But I got to those points where I realized I just need to be seeing Jesus. But if we would make it a priority in our lives to say, we see Jesus going to close shortly the third thing i'll say to you is that jesus is nearer than the crowds make it seem um as you want to say i want to prioritize seeing jesus i want you to know friends that you know jesus is nearer than the crowds make it seem he is in actual fact i'll say to you this way that you are you're just a sycamore away from seeing jesus jesus is nearer the, the crowds, Zacchaeus, would make you feel like he's so far. The crowds would make you seem like it's impossible. You can't see him, you know. And, and what does that mean to you? Is it that sense of hope? Is it that sense of faith? Is it that sense of life? Is it that sense of something more, of a plan of God for your life, of freedom, of liberty from that struggle? And you just feel like it's far away. It's impossible. That's the way Zacchaeus comes to feel because, like, I'm trying to reach, but the crowd makes you feel he's far away. Um, but Jesus is not as far as the crowds make it seem he is. He is he's just a sycamore away. He's just a prayer away. I, I, I still believe that Jesus is just one. Like, I came into church this morning. Honestly, this has been my experience. Coming into church this morning, I'm realizing again, Jesus is just one service away from, from healing my heart. He's just one song away, one message away. Do you understand what I'm saying? One conversation away. Have you been in those kind of conversations away that you're like, man, I just needed this kind of conversation. Jesus is not far. He's not as far as the crowds. You feel like, hey, for the next day, this, this whole thing going on in my life, and how will I, and listen, just one conversation, you're like, man, his presence is real. Jesus loves me. There's hatred in the world, but Jesus is not as far as the crowds make it seem. He is. I still believe in the power of a sincere prayer. Uh, you say, I, I haven't prayed for two weeks. Why have you not prayed for two weeks? Because I don't feel like praying. Who told you God answers prayers that people felt like praying? <laughs> Where did you ever see in your Bible that uh, if you pray when you feel like praying? <laughs> God loves sincerity. I can't count the number of times that my prayer starts from, judge me if you want. But I can't, I, I can't count the number of times that my prayer starts from God. I don't feel like praying. And it's beautiful. He's my father. But the beauty is I'm even already talking to him. So I'm even already praying. <laughs> but I don't feel like praying. Who told you that God is, you know, like, oh, feel like, yeah, come on. Come on. He's not far away. He's not far 
away. I want you to know it. He's not far away. Hebrews 13 and verse 5. It says, for verse 6, for he himself has said, look, let your con- verse 6, verse 6, verse 6, amplified. Okay, just show me amplified verse 6. Uh, for God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not. I will not. I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. He says, I will not relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. I love that. Don't be fooled. There's no season of your life that took God away. No. You may be on a mountain. You may be in a valley. He's with you. You may be going through the toughest times of my life ever. He's not further than he has ever been. Let me tell you what brought God close to you. It was the cross once and for all. The veil was torn into two. So we have boldness to come in through the blood of Jesus. That's what brought us near to God. And so... um, what they are saying cannot take him away. What they are saying, what is happening, what is uh, your boss, your uh, lately, lately cannot take him away. 2,000 years ago, he settled it once and for all to come near to you. He's not far away. And when you say the name of Jesus, I loved it this morning in worship as we're going to say, oh, lift up our eyes, see our king has come and we're going to say, Jesus, Jesus. I say that name and, you know, I, I mean, I, I personally just had many crazy moments this week. Like I said, I, I maybe saw more than I should see. Heard more than I should hear, you know. Gory, you know, just, just crap. And, and I know when I get to those moments where I just need, you know, I, I can't heal my heart. I just need Jesus. Jesus. I just need to plug my ears again. I just need to be praying again. I just need to be leaning. I just need to be in the right conversations again. But he's not far away. He's not far away. You know, I don't know if this ever happens to you. This used to happen to me back in the days when, you know, struggling in cycles of sin. And I've been in those moments of, you know, I fell and God, please forgive me. And then tomorrow, I, uh, um, but I don't know if this ever happened to you. So there are those moments that I know I've messed up, I've sinned. Then I won't pray. I won't talk to God. It's like, we're far away. Me and God can't talk now. And maybe like two days later, I kind of feel, not like you feel better, but it's like, you know, I've been remorseful for two days, so I can now talk to God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. They're like, God, I'm sorry for what happened two days ago. Listen, it's not in that your two-day wait that God was just angry that he now said, yeah, I'll forgive you after two days. It's not your two-day wait. It's 2,000 years ago that he had paid the price for your forgiveness. Let me tell you what you did with those two days. Maybe you felt better about it under the pressure of the devil, but it was not God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Maybe your mind, all of that, that's fine. But that two days, it was not God as like you are with God. Yeah, then God now went to Zamfara. Then he now started coming. Then you started coming like Indian film to meet. No, 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 no. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake. He's not far away. We need to know. Who do you turn to in those like quick moments like, whoa, I'm in trouble, something is happening. You can say the name Jesus. He's with you. Why did he tell his disciples it is to your advantage that I go away? Because this disciple, I mean, like disciples know that uh, a guy don't go because of course we, 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 we want to have you around, we like to be your friend. But look in our mind, we're like, when there was no bread and fish, now you, I mean, do that kind of thing, you know. Look in our mind, they're like, 
you know, when the boat was sinking, we can wake you up, shall I? Even if we have been fighting, we shall wake you up. <laughs> Don't you care that we perish? I'm still trying to figure out that we. Did they mean we as in away from Jesus or all of us? <laughs> Don't you care? I really think it's we away from Jesus. Like, we can wake up. I know you won't perish, but don't you care that we will perish? <laughs> but, but the Bible says Jesus was not going and he said to them, it's to your advantage. He said, because when I go, then I would send you the Holy Spirit. He will be with you. He will abide with you through every moment, every season. He would strengthen would comfort he would he would he would be this reminder of everything that i have said to you everything that i am to you wow <laughs> thank you lord why don't you where you are just lift your hands and just think about god in this moment and then just say thank you that you are with me right here right now and let that just be real to you Oh, thank you, Jesus. You are with me right here, right now. Hold, I wanted to say, okay, look at me, everybody. I wanted to say, hold somebody's hand, but you know, these days you're never sure. Hold something, hold, hold maybe your device, anything. Hold it, hold it very tight. Hold it, don't break your screen. But hold something, hold your Bible, your bag, anything, your head, anything. Hold it very tight, very, as tight as you can. Don't let there be space in between. Can you feel how close you are to what you are holding? He is nearer than that to you. Can you feel the reality of what you are holding right now? Is it real? Are you really holding something? He's nearer than that to you right now. He's with you. Don't ever forget that. No matter what you walk through. Has God forgotten? He's with you. All right, let me close. Um, team, would you come? My fourth thing that I would say to you this morning. Um, maybe you're not... Okay, I'll give you one bonus. Four. Maybe you're not what the crowd labeled you after all. Because in that moment, um, you know, Zacchaeus is now meeting Jesus. And then he's saying, you know, look, Lord, I give... I give fourfold to anybody that I've cheated, anybody that I've wronged. And he says, half of my goods I give to the poor. Luke 19. Half of my goods I'm giving to the poor. Fourfold. But, but everybody would say, Zacchaeus, you're a cheat, you're a rogue, you know, you're a tax collector, you're the messed up guy, you're a criminal, all of that. And that's what the crowd calls us many times. You know, many times the crowd is putting an identity tag on us. The crowd is saying you can't. The crowd is telling you you're a failure. The crowd is telling you, what is it that you deal with? And the crowd labels us. And I just want to suggest to you, friends, that maybe you are not what the crowd has called you after. Or maybe the crowd of life, the crowd of your experiences, the crowd of what you've been through, the crowd of all of that. Maybe you are not what the crowd... Because I'm meeting Zacchaeus in all generosity, open-heartedness. And I'm like, Zacchaeus, you... Jesus had not even preached a message. I mean, if Jesus, if Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come, and Jesus preached for like 10 hours, laid hands on him, cast out all the demons and, and everything, I'm like, and Zacchaeus stands up and says, wow, wow, wow. I give fourfold to everybody I've cheated. I'm like, I understand. But Zacchaeus just sees Jesus. And then 
he just starts to speak a language of generosity, of, of open-heartedness. I'm like, if I'm seeing Jesus, maybe I'll be finding out that I'm not what the crowd called me after all. If I'm seeing Jesus, maybe I'll be finding out I'm not that fearful, timid, I can't do anything personal. Maybe I'll be finding out I'm full of faith and of confidence and of boldness. Maybe I'll be finding out that I'm stronger than I thought I was. Maybe I'll be finding out that I'm not a victim. I am a victim because of Jesus. Maybe there'll be an audacity in my heart if I am seeing Jesus. And if we live in the crowd, we take on all these tags. We join with the crowd and everybody's saying we can't, we can't. It's over. It's impossible. We are hopeless. That's the language of the crowd. But for everybody that is seeing Jesus in a new way, getting that new perspective of Jesus, everybody, I don't know if this happens to you real practically, that you walk into church and just on the other side of an experience of Jesus, it's like something in you is telling you that you are more than a conqueror. Something in you is telling you that there's victory in your life. Something in you is telling you that he whom the Son of God sets free is free. Indeed, you are not a failure. You are not a victim of what they did, what they said. Maybe you are more. The crowd says that you are and I refuse to live my life just modeled up in the crowd of my experiences of what I went through of what they said to me the names they have called me maybe you've lived your life that way forever I'm just telling you that a perspective of Jesus a revelation of Jesus I will never forget being in the sick bed messed up and we've tagged ourselves I still remember the day I remember the place lying down on that bed and I know how I tagged myself and said you know this happens every month this is like the routine I mean you even know when the sickness comes you know how it happens but it's beginning to look Matthew chapter 8 and verse 17 he himself has borne my infirmities and he has carried it away and I'm looking at it and I'm looking at it do you know what a perspective of Jesus is it speaks healing over my life and in that moment suddenly something is telling me I can't be sick it's a revelation of Jesus I'm not what the crowd called me I'm not what the doctor called me. I'm not what, uh, thank God for the doctors. Thank God. You know, I love the doctors because they tell me how to channel my faith. But they don't make statements over my life. Did you, did you hear what I just said? Uh, they tell me how to channel my faith. But they don't have an authority over my life. It is this perspective of Jesus that is my authority. This is who I am. We are with unveiled face. Behold it as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And we are being changed with ever increasing glory into that same image as we behold behold in the glory of God guess what my life is becoming like the glory of God guess what I'm being transformed into the glory of God for the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day guess the direction of my life it's towards Jesus the crowd is a liar crowd of experiences it's a liar. Failures of the past. Crowd of what they say. Crowd of WhatsApp statuses. Crowd of Twitter. <laughs> crowd of news stations. There's a lie in the crowd. But there's truth in Jesus. And, and so maybe the last thing, the last thing I want to say, the last thing I want to say, as I was preaching this, I just thinking, um, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 now says seeing that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses wait a minute wait a minute I'm like oh let me give you one last point change your crowd and so you can start out like Zacchaeus saying there's a crowd blocking me from Jesus 
And we can end in Hebrews 12 saying, there's a cloud, a crowd that is witnessing Jesus, that is reminding me, that is pushing me on. A crowd of runners, a crowd of people on that journey, a crowd saying we believe, a crowd of faith, a crowd of hope. Change your crowd, somebody. It says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You know what I believe? There's a crowd that will get you running. There's a crowd that will get you moving. There's a crowd that will get you believing. There's a crowd that will be speaking faith into you. There's a crowd that will be stirring you up when you feel downcast. There's a crowd that will say, I was glad when they said, who are the days? Let us go into the house of the Lord. There's a crowd that will bring gladness into your heart. Change your crowd. Change your crowd. Change your crowd. Change your crowd. You can choose this week to be surrounded yourself with a new visibility that is a pointer towards who Jesus is. That is a reminder of his presence. Change your crowd. Change your crowd. Change your crowd. This is what wise people understand. I don't want to live my whole life trying to get beyond the crowd. You know what I want to learn to do? I can change my crowd. I can choose a crowd that is witnessing, that is encouraging, that is, hey, come on. That's, I feel like that's the power of what's going on in church this morning. Is this not a crowd of worshipers? Is this not a crowd of faith? Change your crowd. Change your crowd. Maybe you don't know how this thing happens. But the reality is that as we all stand in this moment, every one of us is empowering. You know, I always love when I look at church and I'm like, I tell these guys, you guys are just leading worship from the stage. But the reality is there are worship leaders on every row. There, there, there's that person next to you that seen those hands go up. He's putting something in your heart and saying, man, God is faithful somewhere. I guess God is faithful here also. So beauty, change your crowd. Get you a crowd that points you to Jesus. Get you a crowd. Get you a conversation this week that is a reminder of Jesus. Get you a life group discussion that tightens screw in your head. Eh? Is it only me that has loose screw in my head? Is it only me? Is there anybody else that knows screw used to go loose? Oh? Ah, I saw some of your statuses this week. Screw goes loose sometimes. Screws go loose. Yeah. Screws go loose. There are days you want to, you want to, you want to advise somebody. You're not cursing. You just want to advise the person about certain things that will happen in his future. Mm? It's loose screw. It's loose screw. But get you a crowd that points you towards love, towards faith, towards hope, towards expectation, towards vision, towards God is good, towards your life is more than what they did to you. Your life is in the hands of God. Get you a crowd that will tell you God is your anchor, not what they did. God is your future. God is your expectation. Thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's receive communion this morning. Let's just think about Jesus. If we can all stand together and while the host just serve. If you're born again, if you're a believer in Jesus in this house, you're welcome to join us this morning. Um, just hold on to the bread, hold on to the wine, and we'll worship together and pray together um, as we receive it this morning. But I just want you to be thinking about Jesus. To be thinking about him above the crowd. Thinking about him above the noise in the world. Um, um, thinking about him above all that's going on. What they said, what they didn't say. Who let you down? 
We are so honored to have been able to share this teaching message with you from Sycamore Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. We really hope you found it to be a blessing. To find out more about us or how you can receive more resources from our church or our pastor, Tolulokpai Moody, please visit our website, www.sycamore.church. That's S-Y-C-A-M-O-R-E.church. Or on Facebook and YouTube at Sycamore Church and on Instagram and Twitter at Sycamore underscore church. If you're ever anywhere around us, we'll be super honored to welcome you at one of our services.